The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. This show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1968, Episode 9, November. The Beatles' double LP was finally done, on the way to record shops, and about to begin a long reign atop the charts. What period, how long a time has it taken you all to get this whole LP together, I mean, write the songs? Uh, well, since we were in India, we started writing this batch of songs, and we've written a few since. But this is mainly the, this is mainly the Indian batch that we sort of finished. Sounds like consignment of eggs or something. November 22nd, 1968, the new Beatles album was released in Britain. The album, a double, would later become known as the White Album. of music from the new Beatles double LP that's released on Apple Records tomorrow. The show is brought to you by the Daily Express, and with me tonight, Paul McCartney and Judith Simons of the Daily Express. We're going to talk about the LP, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. Uh, well, Paul, I'd like you to talk about the LP in general. What do you want to say about it, Tony? The songs, I think, um, perhaps a surprise to some people, because I think a lot of people expected another step from Sergeant Pepper. Well, it is another step, you know, but it's not necessarily in the way people expected. Uh, on Sergeant Pepper, we we had more instruments, uh, instrumentation than we never had, more orchestral stuff than we'd ever used before. So it's more of a production. And we, but we didn't really want to go overboard on that this time. And we've tried to play more like a band this time, only using instruments when we have to, instead of just using them for the fun of it. Is this for any sort of concept of being able to do the things live? Uh, yeah, and also for the concept that we like playing together. That's the main concept. <laughs> it's becoming quite a word. The first track on the LP is back in the USA. Sure is, Tony. You're quite right, boy. <laughs> um, can, we, can we just talk about this yeah. particular about this particular track because it's it's a back uh, in the USA. Yeah, it's a okay. wild rocking thing. Yeah, um, that's a track which. It just sort of, you know, came. Because Chuck Berry once did a song called Back in the USA, which is very American, very Chuck Berry, very sort of, uh, uh, you know, he was serving in the army, and when I get back home, I'm going to kiss the ground. Of you know, I can't wait to get back to the States. And it's a, a very American sort of thing, I've always thought. that kind of. So this one is like about, a, to, in my mind, it's just about a, a, a spy sort of who's been in America a long, long time. You know, some fellow has been in America a long time. And he's picked up and he's very American. But he gets back to USSR, you know, where, uh, and he's sort of saying, you know, leave it till tomorrow, honey, to disconnect, you know, to disconnect the phone and all that. And come here, honey, and put with Russian women and that. You see, 
What, what it is, it concerns the attributes of Russian women. Soul element created by George's guitar and heavy brass. <laughs> Flip side flapper. Uh, Cliff Bennett is releasing it as a single. Have you heard this particular take yet? No, I haven't heard this particular take, but it concerns the attributes of Russian women. Soul element created by George's guitar and heavy brass. Let's hear it right away. Back in the USSR. Disc White Album contained 30 songs, including the 20 written during the Beatles' transcendental trip to India. Between meditations, the group became friendly with TM Associate and senior beach boy Mike Love, who inspired back in the USSR, a Chuck Berry flavored tune. The next track is John's Glass Onion. Uh, you say in the uh, in Glass Onion, here's another clue for you all. The walls of Paul. Well, I, I said this to uh, Ray Connolly, I said, at that time, still in my love cloud with Yoko, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll just say something nice to Paul, that it's all right, you know, and, uh, you know, you you did a good job over these few years holding us together, and, and you know, he was trying to, to 
organize the group and that, you know, and do the music and be an individual artist and all that. So I wanted to say something to him, you know. And I did it for that reason, you know. I thought, well, you can have it, you know, I've got Yoko and thank you. You can have the credit, you know. John wrote uh, the tune Glass Onion, and when we wrote it, we were thinking specifically, I mean, he wrote it mainly, but he, I helped him on it, and uh, we, were, we were writing it, we were thinking specifically of this whole idea of all these people who kind of write in and say, who was the walrus, John? Were you the walrus, or is Paul the walrus, or who's the walrus? So John, I mean, we just, he happened to have a line, kind of go, all... And, and he said, yeah, the walrus was Paul. And we had a great giggle, you know, saying, yeah, let's do that. Let's put this line in. Because everyone is going to read into it. It's going to go crackers. So they all thought that John was the walrus, I am the walrus. You know, and it goes kind of insane after a while. You get, you get into all these kind of reading into it. So eventually, we, it, it, I say, he said, let's do this joke tune, Glass Onion, where kind of all the answers to the universe are. But we thought it was a joke. And what happens is someone the other night told me, he said he'd met a fella. And this is serious. He met a fellow who chartered a yacht and was going out into the middle of the ocean, the Atlantic, because he knew the spot where to go through the glass onion. Now, this fellow's never been heard of since. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, that's the kind of... That's where it reaches for us. Now, I certainly wouldn't go out in the middle of an ocean looking for the spot where the glass onion is. I told you about strawberry listening I'm the walrus too I like this kind of music you know I like uh, I like most kinds of music so that I haven't got a, a bag 
as they say, except the big black one in the hall outside. And this, you know, this Obla D, Obla Da, and USSR, and um, Martha and that, like a, a three different songs all together. In fact, all of mine are on the LP. On the LP. But um, I can't really say anything about that. I'm just, I'm pretty diverse. Does I mean? I haven't got one sort of thing. So this, I've no, I've no idea why it's Jamaican or anything. Just because I like that kind of thing. Did you write the song on your own? Well, I mean, this is a combination of the Lennon McCartney thing. I think it was mainly me. Mainly me. John's a bit more Nigerian influence. <laughs> I feel the Jamaican track right now.
The public applauded the new directions taken by the Beatles, including Paul McCartney's bit of reggae beat on Oblati Oblada. Thank you. The next track is the John Lennon song titled The Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill. Here's John. That was written about a guy who was in Maharishi's meditation camp and took a short break to go away and shoot a few poor tigers and then came back to commune with God. And I said, this is hysterical. There used to be a character called Jungle Jim and Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And I combined the two. And it's a sort of, you know, teenage uh, social comment song that was a bit of a joke. And Yoko's on that one, actually, I believe, singing along. George's dramatic masterpiece on the White Album is 
While my guitar gently weeps, proving Harrison's composition and rhythm abilities. Of course, Eric Clapton's burning guitar solo adds to the beauty and the blues of the tune.
Happiness is a warm gun. This is a ballad that's very interesting. Um, perhaps, although you didn't sing, you didn't sing this particular song. You'd like to talk about it for? Well, it's uh, I only like to because I like it. You know, this is a favourite of mine. Um, the idea of the happiness is a warm gun thing is from an advert in an American paper. Um, uh, well, it said, you know, happiness is a warm gun sort of thing, and it was sort of get ready for the long hot summer with a rifle, you know, come and buy them now. It was an advert in a gun magazine, you know, and it was so sick, you know, the, the idea of uh, come and buy your killing weapons and come and get it. And it was just a, such a great line, that happiness is a warm gun, that uh, John sort of took that and, and uses that as a cause. Yeah. And the rest of the words... I think the great words, you know, it's a poem. It's a poem and it finishes off happiness as a warm gun. Yes, it is. Uh, so, in fact, he's probably fairly serious about... Uh, oh, it's as serious as, as anyone ever gets. Uh, it is not deadly serious. It's just, it's, it's just words. And if you sort of really taxed him on it and said, you know, um, would you be willing to die for these words? I'm sure he wouldn't. I'm sure it's not really serious. But, the, you know, the good words... I'd stick up for anyone sort of uh, worried about him, you know. They, they're just, it's just good poetry. She's not a girl who misses much. Do -do 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 -do. Oh, yeah. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. With the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust I'm going down, down to the bits that I left up town. I need a fix, cause I'm going down. Mother Superior jumped the gun. 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 Mother Superior jumped the gun
Several of McCartney's compositions on the White Album kept critics guessing. Who was Martha My Dear, the mystery lady? Apparently, just Paul's pooch. You see, I just start singing some words with the tune, and it just, you know what I mean? It, I don't ever write a song thinking, now I'll write a song about, I do sometimes, but mainly I don't. I mean, I just, I'm doing a tune, and then some words come into my head, you know, and uh, these happen to be Martha, my dear, you know, though I spend my days in conversation. It doesn't mean anything, you know, but those just happen to come into my head. So that's what this song's about. So it is about my dog. Oh. But I don't particularly want her to remember me. Like the song is about Martin. Well, no, I don't mean it. But, like, you make up songs. You, know, you don't make up songs trying to make a serious... I don't ever try to make any sort of serious songs. Mm -hmm. I just make... Cause I've got to have words to use it. So I make up any kind of... So, you know, you can read anything you like into it. But, but really, uh... It's just a society, it's me singing to my dog. <laughs> Blackbird Ballad also caused speculation. Some say it's Paul's message to the rising black power movement. I think, I think it's quite a beautiful song. Yep. Thank you, Tony. Well, it's simple in concept because you couldn't think of anything else to put on it. And that's what I was saying about the Sergeant Pepper thing. Maybe on Pepper we would have sort of worked on it until we could find some way to put violins or 
trumpets on me all But it, I don't think it needs it, this one. You know, it's just, there's nothing to the song. It's, it's, it is just one of those, pick it and sing it, and that's it. The only point where we're thinking of putting anything on it is where it comes back in at the end. So it stops and then comes back in. But instead of putting any backing on it, we put a blackbird on it. So there's a blackbird singing at the very end. And somebody said it was a thrush, but I think it's a blackbird. <laughs> we'll take a word for it. Blackbird. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life. We're only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You are only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the line of a dark black Rocky Raccoon, um, I was sitting on the roof in India, uh, just sort of with guitar, John and I were sitting around just playing guitar, and we were with Donovan, and uh, we were just sitting around enjoying ourselves, and I started playing those chord, the chords of Rocky Raccoon, you know, just messing around, and it was, originally it was Rocky Sassoon, Rocky Sassoon, uh, and then we just started, we started making up the words, you know, the three of us, and started just to write them down. They came very quickly, and eventually I changed it from Sassoon to Raccoon, because it sounded more like a cowie. So there it is, it's just, you know, these kind of things, you can't really talk about how they come, because they just come into your head, you know, they really do. And it's like John writing his books, you know, there's, there's no... I don't know how he does it, and he doesn't know how he does it, but he just writes, he just writes. It's like any writer, you know. There's, I think people who actually do create and write, you, you tend to read in and think, oh, well, now how did he do that? How did... But it actually does flow, just flows from the, into their head, into their hand, and they write it down, you know. And that's what happened with this. 
There's no, I, I don't know anything about the Appalachian Mountains or cowboys and Indians or anything. But I just made it up. And, and the doctor came in stinking of gin and proceeded to lie on the table. So there you are. Uh, I suppose the idea to do the thing with some sort of a, an American Western accent also happened this way, did it just... Oh, that, yeah, that was, just, that was just a joke, you know. That's most of it. Most of it is. <laughs> Somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota There lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon And one day his woman ran off with another guy Hit young Rocky in the eye Rocky didn't like that He said, I'm gonna get that boy So one day he walked into town Booked himself a room in the local saloon Rocky Raccoon Checked into his room Rocky had come equipped with a gun to shoot off the legs of his rival. His rival, it seems, had broken his dreams by stealing the girl of his fancy. Her name was McGill, and she called herself Lil. But everyone knew her as Nancy Now she and her man Who called himself Dan Were in the next room at the hoedown A rocky burst in And grinning a grin He said, Danny boy, this is a showdown He drew fast and shot And Rocky collapsed in the corner It's only a scratch And I'll be better I'll be better, Doc As soon as I am able And now Rocky Raccoon He fell back in his room Only to find Gideon's Bible Gideon checked out And he left it, no doubt Yeah. 
we drew it on the road. What, I suppose somebody will say somewhere. Dance, Tony, dance. Why don't we do it in the road? happened the same way. Um, the, the twangy guitar type thing is, is used again on this one. Um, there is a slight influence, I want to say influence, there's a lot of sort of, I suppose, music that you could call rock and roll in this LP, isn't there? Yes, well, we are. You know, we've always been a rock and roll group, I suppose. You know, it's just that it's just that we're not just completely rock and roll. That's what I was trying to say before about Obladee, USSR. Birthday, you know, all the different kinds of things. We're not just completely one kind of group. Because, like, when we played in Hamburg, we didn't just do rock all evening because we had to, we had these, you know, sort of uh, fat old businessmen coming in and saying, uh, or thin old businessmen as well, but coming in and saying, uh, you know, play a mambo, you know, can you do a, can you do a, a rumba? And we couldn't just keep saying no, you know, so we had to get into mambos and rumbas a bit. So that um, this kind of thing is like, so that, it's a pretty sort of smoochy uh, ballad, I will. So we have to do that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so so we've always played a lot of kind of things, you know. So um, I don't know if he's getting off the subject, but that's that's why like there's there's a great variety in this LP because in our things in everything we do, you know, we we just haven't got one bag the Beatles, you know. I mean, because on one hand you'll get something like. Uh, I will. And then you'll get, we do, why don't we do it in the road, you know? Just completely different things, completely different feelings. And But it's it's me singing both of them. It's the same fella. Uh, and I wrote both of them, you know? So you can't explain it, you know? I don't know why I do, why don't we do it in the road, shouting it like that, with, with a piano and just a, a rock and roll thing. And then do this sort of smoochy Latin American um, girl from Ipanema. Take it away, Paul, rock and roll. Who knows how long? Loved you, you know I 
imagery relating to both his mother and to Yoko Ono. It's a song he wrote in India while meditating at the Maharishi's camp in Rishikesh. With another track that you use acoustic guitar, and there's probably more acoustic guitar used in this set of tracks than you've ever used before. Yes. Well, we, it's the same thing again. We, we wrote them with guitars, and John, on a lot of those, John picks the guitar because he learned off Donovan when we were in India Donovan so showed him how to finger pick so he sort of stuck in everything then uh, and while he was learning finger picking I was sort of playing acoustic as well you know acoustic guitar so um, that's it that's why they crept in like this we decided not to try and cover them up like we might do normally and just use the acoustic guitar instead of say a piano or an electric guitar or anything so the only thing about this one, however, it says, Born a Poor Young Country Boy. And I was born in Walton Hospital, actually, so it's a dirty lie.
Side three of the LP opens up with Paul's song, Birthday. Here Paul talks about the track with Tony MacArthur. It's back in the old rock and roll style, which I guess we've already really covered, but uh, once again, this is a, this is a, a very loud type, uh, if you like, discotheque type. No story about that, Tony. What happened was, we, we the girl can't help it was on television. That's an old rock film. Right. Uh, with Little Richard and Fats Domino and Eddie Cochran and a few others, Gene Vincent. And we wanted to see it, so... Um, we started recording at five o'clock and we said well we'll do some we'll just do a backing track we'll make up a backing track so we kept a very simple 12 bar blues kind of thing and we and we stuck a few bits here and there in it uh, with no idea what the song was or what was going to go on top of it we just said okay uh 12 bars in a then we'll change to d and then we'll do a few beats in c you know we really just did it like that random thing and then we came back because we, we didn't have time for anything else and so we just recorded this backing and we came back here to my house and watched um, the girl can't help it then we went back to the studio again and then made up some words to go with it all seeing as we were just making one up quickly we thought well you know good good angle for it would be to make it kind of like a useful song you know so that people can actually say here's a song for you it's your birthday um that we did it with that in mind uh, which were, they, they say it's your birthday, well it's my birthday too, yay. And so this, this, this song was just made up in an evening. Um, you know, we hadn't ever thought of it before then. And it's one of my favourites, you know, because of that. 
I think it works, you know, because it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one to dance to. Like a big, long drum break, but just because instead of, well, normally we might have sort of four bars of drums, but with, with this, we just said, no, keep it going, you know, let's keep it, I like, you know, we all like to hear just drums plodding on. So, um, no more explanation, it's uh, a cold birthday.
That, that's about Maharishi. You know. I, was, I coughed out and wouldn't write Maharishi, what have you done? You made a fool of everyone.
Um, lots of the, the songs that you that you do, I imagine the production ideas come to you when you get into the studio after you've written the song. Is this true? I mean, do you... That is quite true, Tony. That is quite true. Accurate observation. <laughs> Beautiful a track. And a lot of the tracks that you've selected to comment on during the show tonight uh, are some of the... Um, the big, you know, loud, uptight ones. Well, the only ones I'm commenting on are the ones I sort of wrote or have a lot to do with. Because I don't want to go commenting on John's songs in case I'm wrong, you know, because he wrote them. You know, most of them. So, um, I don't really want to go into... Anyway, Hell Discovery, yeah. Um, that came about just because I'd read a review of a record, which is what it said, and this group, it was about some group, I can't remember, saying that this group really goes wild and they, and they just... It's like echo on everything, they're screaming their heads off. And I just I just remember thinking, oh, it'd be great to do one. It's a pity they've done it, you know. It must be great, really screaming record. And, and then I heard their record, and it was quite straight, and it was very sort of, very sophisticated. It wasn't uh, rough and, and screaming and tape echo at all. So I thought, oh, well, we'll do one like that then. And uh, I had this song called Helter Skelter, which is just a ridiculous song. So we did it like that, because I like noise. I read in the Melody Maker that The Who, they were talking about a track they made. Now, I don't know what the track was because I never actually heard anything that sounded like the talk. Yeah. But the talk was the loudest, most raucous, rock and rolling, dirtiest thing we've ever done. And I don't know what they were talking about. It would have been maybe an album track or something. Never caught up with the track. But that made me think, oh, gotta do it. Yeah. I really see that, and I totally got off on that one little sentence in the paper. I said, we've got to do the most loudest, most raucous, and that ended up as Helter Skelter. That's the way we'll hear it. Helter Skelter. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Well, stop and
At the end of Helter Skelter, is it you or John that says they have blisters on their fingers? It was me. I got blisters on my fingers! Because the original, the original take on that goes for three hours, 17 minutes. It's just like whacking, you know, whack, 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 whack. And I did. It, uh, it just cut my fingers, and uh, at the end of the take, I just screamed. I got blisters on my fingers, but they were actually bleeding as well. All bringing the violins. So the answer to your question is yes, me. It's more fun in the record if there's a few sounds that you don't really know what they are, and only something happens on here. You know, I couldn't tell you what, because then we have a special man who sits here and goes like this. And the guitar turns into a piano or something, you know. And then you may say, why don't you use a piano? Because the piano sounds like a guitar.
to turn the tape over, I'm afraid. I said, if you want to hear some more, you've got to turn the tape over. Or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. everyone paul and james here to tell you about one of the best music podcasts online today it's called take it away the complete paul mccartney archive podcast yeah as longtime listeners of our show know take it away and its hosts ryan brady and chris mercer are the authority on all things paul mccartney wings and the beatles their five-star rated podcast walks you through every single paul mccartney release from 1970 to present day that's every song on every album including singles b-sides bootlegs and you will most likely hear songs you've never heard before which is part of the fun of the show you'll also hear old favorites from new perspectives all lovingly placed in the context of mccartney's career and the musical sounds of their era yeah and don't miss the amazing interview with denny lane co-founder of wings and mccartney songwriting collaborator as well as a slew of other special guest appearances that give some really cool insight into the music that spans the last 50 years. So if you're a McCartney fan, you've found your new favorite show, because I know I have. Seriously, I never miss an episode, and neither should you. That's Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney Archive podcast, available for download now wherever you find podcasts. Check it out now! I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally... We'll do an all-star We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once. That is true. (laughs) We are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird. See? We weren't (laughs) even lying.